0: Men all rise, court is back in session. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Devil's Due. I am your host, Carl Duty. With me, as always, is a man who can make a damn fine cocktail out of some healing grapes, Mr. Drew Celestino. Ah, topical. Yes, very topical. What's
1: going on? How you doing? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I walked in. I was like, oh. Drew's Drew's nicely decorated house looks like a meth lab. All of a sudden,
1: yeah, it's a little a little. I'm probably underselling it. Chaotic at the moment, in anyway. yeah. So we we are sitting in um, what the continuing
0: slow metamorphoses of previously Cobra Island Studios, which is becoming uh Baby Cobra Room.
1: Yeah. Um. This is no longer our space, Carl. We just happen yeah. to be here right now. Yes. Uh. In time, we'll have a new space, but the new space is not ready yet. So, uh, this is the new uh, baby baby room. Yeah. So, welcome nice. to the uh, new cool. room. Same as the old room, but bluer. <laughs> <laughs> and without carpet. Yes.
0: So, uh, that kind of leads us right into how were the weeks. It's been uh-huh. a week since our 100th episode. This is episode 101. What do we do now? It's
1: a whole new world, but not really. Yeah. Um. Well... Um, it's been an interesting, uh, week as you can see, the kitchen destruction has begun. Actually, technically it it began yesterday, continued into today, but now we're already onto the reconstruction. So yeah, they widened that doorway by a good, uh, eight to 10 inches. I'm not sure if you noticed, but that doorway now is huge. I did not. I will make notice of that on the way out. You won't be able to not notice it now. It's like, it's, it's everything I thought it would be. I knew it would be big time uh, game changer for bringing the front of the house and the back of the house together, and it is doing the job. It's pretty. uh, It's like whoa! It's there's another house over here now. All righty. That's that was the goal, so it's kind of cool. But yeah, cabinets are all gone. Uh, Everything electricals (laughs) getting messed with. They built a new soffit. I have my. I've wanted it for so long, Carl. I have a vented hood now. Yeah. Well, the ductwork is in. It vents into my. It vents outside. I'm gonna be cooking everything, and not caring about smoke or aroma. Hey, go outside with it, I say. But aroma is good. No, no, aroma is good. But like when it lingers, you don't necessarily yeah, like that. Yeah. No more lingering. This will be vented to the outside. Yes. You like the smell of dinner on the night of dinner. Absolutely. You don't like the smell of dinner two dinners later. Correct. Now I can make my neighbors jealous. Like, oh, what's he making over there? Smells, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what's going on. It's a, uh, it's, uh, it's, it is all encompassing. It is, and gonna
0: can, can have it all done by your uh, your barbecue party.
1: Yes. What's um, the
0: What's the projected date of well, completion?
1: Um, end of next week. We should be done, and the only thing we're we'll waiting on at that point is the countertop, which should be coming shortly thereafter. Cool. So, uh, at the worst, we won't have a countertop. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need those for parties no. with lots of food. So uh we'll see how that goes. But um other than that, yeah, we should be on target. Um I don't have a paint scheme picked out yet. This is all kind of happening very quickly, so yeah. I'll I'm adaptable. Once uh okay. once everything's in, I'll just roll through and that's just the way it's gotta go. Cool. Um that aside, uh a fairly um routine weekend, which is just fine by me. Um, but I did get a free ticket to uh, Monday Night Raw last night. Yeah, I saw that. It was kind of—I mean, I know it's free and all, but free. Yeah, free, free. Um, if you think a three-hour show on Monday every Monday is long on TV, imagine having to sit through it without the ability to four exit. Oh, dear. on the DVR. So, uh, yeah, I've been to. Several wrestling shows in the last year alone. Okay. I don't even know if what I would call last night a wrestling show. (laughs) Okay. I think the difference between wrestling that I like and WWE has never been more apparent and I've never been more uh, cognizant of it and I've never been more okay with the fact that I'm just not picking up what they're putting down. So let me ask you this.
0: Approximately how long were you there for?
1: Uh, seven thirty to entered, about entrance
0: of the building to exit of the building.
1: About almost four hours.
0: How much of that was actual wrestling?
1: Oh, less than one hour of it. I would venture to say. Yeah, that's between commercials, promos, backstage shenanigans. Uh, yeah. The longest match was probably 17 minutes. It was the opening match of the night. It was actually a pretty fun little affair, except the outcome was obvious. It was clear as day from the moment the participants entered the ring. I'm like, well, I know what's going to happen here. And sure enough, that's what happened. So, yeah, I'm reading this company like a book. And it's uh, I know I know I know I know what they're doing. And it it stinks, frankly. Especially when I did get, also got to watch some of the G1. The G1 started this weekend in New Japan. The G1 is like okay. their, their big tournament. Um, two blocks of 10 guys, and they all wrestle each other. And then eventually it's a point system. Most wins gets most points, obviously. So it's but like no, the no, World
0: no, Cup, but with wrestling.
1: Kind of. <laughs> so each block winner then faces each other. And the winner of the G1, number one, it's very prestigious to win the G1. Number two, they get a title shot at Wrestle Kingdom. In January it's it's an instant main event title shot if you win the G1 and uh, it's only been a few days of matches so far and I've already seen some of the greatest wrestling I've seen in a long like ever since the last greatest thing I've ever seen in that company Kenny Kenny Omega naturally versus uh, Naito in their first both of their first tournament match they blew the roof off like it was incredible and it was only the first match of either of their tournaments it's like The stakes aren't even, like, I mean, the stakes are always high in the G1. Every match counts. But, like, you think, okay, well, the early, you know, maybe in their early matches, the pace will be, you know, whatever. And then as it gets later in the tournament, things will start to matter more. And they do matter more. But, like, the opening match, yeah, yeah, we're we're going all in. And we're going to, we're burning the place down. Okay. Did Kenny win? He did. So This is kind of shocking, actually. So,
0: question. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Whatever tournament gets shot title, Kenny's in the tournament. If the champion wins, he gets the prestige of being the the champion who won the G1. He gets to pick his own opponent. Oh, right. Makes sense. Yeah. um, I don't know if that's ever happened. I'm sure it probably has, but in, in, the, in the last three or four years I've been watching, it has not happened. Okay. So we'll see. Um, rumor has it, it'll be Naito who will win the tournament, even though he lost to Kenny in the opening match, there's plenty of time left for him to get points, win the block Mm. and then go on to the dome. And they are clearly setting up Kenny versus Naito as a long-term feud. So there's a lot of good seeds being planted right now. And it's a lot of fun. Cool. So we'll see where it goes. And, uh, yeah, after watching that match over the weekend, nothing, nothing they were going to show me on Monday was going to be better than that. So here we are. Nice. That was me. What's up with you?
0: Oh, what's up with me? It's been a been a whirlwind of activity in my life, sir. A bit, a bit. Um, before we get to like the the big news, uh, we had let's see we had game night Friday night. We did. We played When I Dream yeah that was a a fun game
1: it was actually i'm a little i was a little it's hard because you're you're kind of given a role before the round starts yeah and like that role it's kind of clearly defined but based on the way the round goes you have to adjust your strategy accordingly yeah like because balance is like the key to the whole thing. balance
0: is the key if you're the sandman well, that's a tough thing. Yeah. If yeah you're the that's, Sandman. It's- the Sandman's the toughest role to have. The Fairy's the easiest role to oh, have. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Be honest. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I won the game. Like, I ran away with it because I was the Fairy almost every time. When I wasn't the dreamer, I was a Fairy almost every time.
1: Yeah. And when you're so, the Fairy, all you got to do is, like, give accurate clues. Yeah. But when you're the Sandman, you have to, like, depending on which way it's going, you either have to be accurate or inaccurate. And, like, when you're not the fairy, you you have hesitation almost, like almost every time you got to give a clue because you yeah. have to kind of th- process. Okay, opposite or not, you know, like if you're the, like yeah, yeah for the sand, but not man, like, like go direct
0: opposite because you don't want the dreamer to not trust you, right? Right. So yeah, and it went on to continue to prove that if there was such a thing as like a categories world championship, you and I, sir, would win that thing in a walk. <laughs> we are we are our, one we are one uh, mind. Our often. mind meld is like is. So Strange. Sometimes I test it just to like see how far it goes. Like the word will be, you know, uh, RoboCop, and I'll say Petunia, and you'll just be like, "Oh, RoboCop." Yeah, <laughs> it's clearly RoboCop. Clearly, clearly. Yeah. So that was fun. Uh, prior to that, though, like kind of bearing the lead here, for the first time in eleven years, I have a new job. Or I should say, I I am. Moving to a new employer.
1: That is a rather big deal.
0: Yes. Yes, it is. Um, Of your own volition. Yes. Yes. That's that's always good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I got to live the dream of going and telling them, you no longer have me to abuse anymore.
1: Take this job and
0: fill it. (laughs) (laughs) But they won't. (laughs) No. Um, So, yeah. That's uh, I start my new job at the end of the month. Um, It's kind of crazy. It's weird to think. Like, when I started my previous job, that's where I met Julie. Like, a lot of stuff happened. A lot of significant life-altering stuff happened while I was there. So now it's weird to think that that's all kind of done.
1: You know, I've been... Uh, I, I, I relate. You know, I, I was a... My first good job out of school, and even before that, like, when I was still in college, like, I would work... You know, I worked in a, a gas station for five years. I worked in my first company, my first job job out of college for six years maybe yeah six years yeah and like you know early on i felt like you get a job and it's gonna be that way for almost forever right and it's this big life altering thing i'm kind of at a point now where like i've been through a couple jobs since those early post-college jobs and i plan on being in my current job for forever right like you know i'm never planning on leaving but i'm a lot less um i'm a lot less mentally worried about it, I guess. Like it, it wouldn't break me necessarily to like leave another job. Like at yeah. this point it's kinda like, you know, you're gonna live your life. I got other things to worry about. Where I work is certainly important, but I don't uh I don't know. I'm not as mentally committed. I'm not gonna it's the wrong word. I don't know. That mental uh attachment is just I'm I'm okay. Yeah. You're gonna be wherever you go, you're gonna be fine. I'm yeah, that's kind of, that's you, kind of where also, I'm What I'm getting at. You also have like a very
0: flexible set of skills for your profession. Like Kinda. There's, there's a lot of options you have. Like mine is kind of precise, which is why like the writing's been on the wall. The place I've been at for some time. I really needed to get out of there. Um, but there's there's a certain level. You know, when it, once you. You get married, and you have a kid, and you have those responsibilities, and you're you're less inclined to take risks with something that is safe. Sure. Oh, I get um, that totally. But yeah, so that's that, that. was pretty much the week for me, dear listeners. If you would like to uh, tell us about your week, send us any questions or comments to be read on the show. You can do so at the following locations. You can go to Twitter. Find us at Devils Do Pod. You can go to facebook.com slash devils do pod. You can go email us at the devils do pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the devils do podcast.com. And drew, we do have some emails, uh, but before we get to them, I just want to say thank you again to everybody who came out for the live show last week. We had a lot of fun and a very special thank you again to uh, daily planet coffee. they were a great host and it was a good time. It was fun. Yeah. Did you have a good time? I had a great time. Did you have a good time? I did. It was intimidating. <laughs> Why were you
1: intimidated? I Well, you, you, I, I feel like I have far to... from your first time on stage, sir. It was my first time doing a podcast like that in front of that many people, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I definitely... It was a different beast. When I'm on stage, usually, I've got an instrument strapped to me and three other guys that I can kind of... Yeah. I, like, there's strength in numbers. I can be a goofball up here and flop but I have three other people I can flop with Yeah. when it's just like me and you and I'm just talking. um, I feel like I'm way more, way more pressure to deliver and be coherent. And I don't want to drop the ball and kill the room.
0: Yeah. Like I, I feel <laughs> like we've got a really good chemistry and we flow well together when we get in the groove here. Yes. I found myself like when we were kind of getting into that groove at the live show, I kind of found myself like double checking, making sure, okay. Is what I'm saying equally as informative as it is entertaining to the audience?
1: Yeah. You got to be a lot more mindful.
0: So, yeah. That was interesting. I would not be opposed to doing that again.
1: No. With uh, repetition, we could uh, possibly hone this into a uh, rather efficient beast. Yes. Yes, we could.
0: But in the meantime, we do have some stuff to attend to. That being some lesser questions, as always... The Dapper Gentleman, JJ Smino and Alan Waiters, mm-hmm. uh, sent in some questions. So starting out with Alan, Carl and Drew, which would you choo- where would you choose to stay at? Camp Crystal Lake, Elm Street, Amityville, Hawkins, Indiana, or the ch- town where children of the corn live?
1: <laughs> um... I'm going to stay in Hawkins.
0: Yeah, I'm probably going to stay in Hawkins, too. Number one,
1: it's the 80s. So yeah. So I can probably, yeah. you know... I'm just
0: going to that arcade.
1: Yeah, go to the arcade. Just go in there. Go to the toy store, pick up a bunch of action figures. Yep. You know. Yeah. Good times. The the other ones, hmm. Hmm. Camp Crystal risky. Lake. I don't like camping to begin with. <laughs> Much less with a psychopath yeah. with a hockey mask.
0: Yeah, it's... <laughs> Like, you've got kind of your two versions of camping. You've got, you know, really roughing it with tent camping, which to me is just kind of making yourself a neatly wrapped appetizer for a bear. Oh, come on. And then you've got, like, the cabin camping with plumbing and electricity and whatnot. And if that's going to be the case, why don't I just stay home? I've got those things at home. Because the wilderness and
1: campfire. Yeah, once again,
0: the wilderness. I'm not the apex predator there.
1: I don't. Sometimes get you a little fresh air and take a hike, Carl. I awesome. got plenty
0: of fresh air when I walk out my front door.
1: Okay. Have you seen the
0: foliage of my yard? Okay. <laughs> um, Carl, do you consider The Dark Knight the greatest superhero movie of all time or has Avengers Infinity War sur- supplanted
1: it? Wow, he's very specific.
0: <laughs> um I don't, myself, personally, I don't consider either of those films to be the greatest superhero movie of all time. For me, the greatest superhero movie of all time is still the original Superman, the Richard Donner Superman. Um, All the emotions that that still invokes in me to this day when I watch it are still like... Yes, there are times when modern superhero films will come close to those emotions, but they never equal them. Hmm. So to me, it's still the original Superman's the greatest of all time. All right. Like if I was to make a case for, you know, greatest of the current geek golden age, big air finger quotes on that one, we're going to get to that news a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, It would be tough between the two. It'd be really tough. Because Dark Knight... Well, that implies it has to be one of those two. Yeah, no, that's true. But I mean, if you're going to make it just those two, I probably have to give it to Dark Knight, only because you don't need as much going into the Dark Knight as you do going into Avengers. Yeah. The Dark Knight stands better by itself as a standalone film than Avengers does.
1: Uh, no argument there. But that said, I think I'm going to give the Edge to Infinity Wars because uh, it, it's such a payoff. <laughs> 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 I'm, you might say i'm the target market for that movie a <laughs> little and bit it's, it's little doing bit. its job it did the work <laughs> and so did i
0: drew yes would you like octopath traveler to have a common enemy that would unite the characters like kefka or sephiroth or do you think the game is fine as this do you want to save this for our discussion of yes octopath? let's couch this yeah um so we're gonna talk a little bit about octopath travel yeah all right yeah i don't think very much on to mr jj el J. Drew and Carl, in the spirit of the recent replaced, replace an entire cast with the Muppets except one character. I've seen this. I have not around. seen this at all. It's a
1: Twitter and Facebook thing. It's happening. Uh, what comic
0: series would you do that with? Like, so you have to replace the entire cast of something with the, with Muppets? the Muppets? But keep
1: one human. Okay. Okay. Um. Uh, ooh, this is tough. Uh,
0: what comic book series yeah, would you do this
1: yeah, with? Yeah, see... Uh, I got it. Okay. I'm going to do Rob Liefeld's Youngblood <laughs> with the Muppets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which character are you keeping? We'll keep... You can kind of keep Bedrock because he's kind of a Muppet in and of itself. Or, I'm
1: sorry, Bad Bad Rock. Rock. Watch out. Yeah. Hannah barbera might, might be suing the show now. Thank yeah. you for that. Um, we'll keep... Uh, just because of the sheer audacity of it all, we're going to keep the leader of the team, Shaft because Rob Liefeld named a ginger white guy Shaft. Yep, he did that. And he's the team leader. Yeah. Shaft. The baddest mother on the block. Ginger white guy. So So I'm keeping him. Yeah. Just for the lulls. And everyone else can be a muppet, and I'm all in. See, at this
0: point, I kind of wish there was. Remember, like,
1: what it was more? It wasn't
0: even more than a year ago. It was a couple months back where I came up with the idea of a Daily Bugle television show. So I kind of wish they had a Daily Bugle comic book so I could do that with Didn't this. they have the
1: Pulse and all that for a little while? Yeah, it
0: wasn't really like a Daily Bugle okay. comic book. But I would do that and keep just J. John James. <laughs> but no. Um, Him I, and the Muppets? Yeah. I, I, I buy it. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down, and I want some more of it. Um, uh, just, uh, uh, You know what? I'll probably just say Justice League. Sure. And then keep Batman as the only human character.
1: That, that works. That, that yeah. also works.
0: Yep. Yeah. Okay, with that, too. All right. Uh, Drew, mm-hmm. on, this, on a scale of what is this garbage to how did I not just rush the ring and yell, I love New Japan, what okay. would you rate your time at Raw last night, and how did you make it through the whole show after watching
1: Three Nights of G1? As I guy, as yeah, I discussed, yeah, kind uh, of, <laughs> I wouldn't say I was at the extreme end of what is this garbage, but it wasn't. Um, I, I again, I didn't love it. It was it was a WWE show. That's the best way I could. It, that's that's what it was. All right, a, a WWE show certainly happened last night. <laughs> that's that's what I think about it. Gotcha,
0: Carl. Today is the thirty-first anniversary of the theatrical release of Jaws: The Revenge. <laughs> if if Chief Brody did not die of a heart attack, despite Ellen feeling it was the fear of another shark killing him, do you feel he would have survived to the end, and how would he have defeated the shark in the Caribbean? Um, I think. I mean, I'm guessing they probably just couldn't get Roy Scheider. I'm guessing he was probably you know wiping his hands done. Yeah, but. Let's say in an you know alternate timeline they did get Roy Scheider. I think they probably just kill him in the beginning like they did his son. Um yeah. Yeah, that movie. It, it it's it, it's a movie. It's it's a movie. I do love it so. Jaws in Jamaica. That's the name of that movie. That's what you gotta call it. Mean, it's movie. got the alliteration. It works. If you're going to make Beetlejuice goes Hawaiian, you got to make Jaws goes Jamaican.
1: I'm in. Can we we rastify Jaws by about 15%? Here's a new title. Okay. Ready for it? I'm,
0: I'm all ears. Jaws making me crazy. The final brew. All right. I'm in. Let's go. Jaws making me crazy. Sure. All right. Jay, thank you very much.
1: Lucas Uh, isn't so sure. Lucas is like,
0: (laughs) I don't know how I feel about this. All right, so that closes the cross-examination. Now we're going to the case files. The case files, which I didn't think was very big, but Drew pointed out a lot of stuff to me that either the the life-changing things that happened to me during the week caused me to forget or I just didn't pick up on. I'm surprised, though. Usually the week before Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con, is usually pretty dead news-wise. Things are, things are coming to light. Thing, new stuff has come to light. Okay, first off, the one thing I did have, um, I spoke with a friend of the show, Virginia, from David Adam's Card World, and she had told me that DC, in light of what happened with Batman Issue 50, is offering retailers refunds of any money they spent in promotion of Batman 50. Because there was, I guess there were some shops that went, crazy on promotion, like setting up fake weddings and hiring cosplayers and doing decorations and all stuff. And that stuff's fun and all to do every once in a great while. But, but um, yeah, DC is saying, sorry, our bad, we'll offer you a refund, which according to Virginia, Virginia has been working in comic books for a good long time. Uh, DC has never done before. So, just kind of piggybacking off, we talked what we talked about last week with the the ending of Batman Fifty being spoiled. DC kind of now realizing, you know, they screwed up and allowing
1: that. If I'm DC, I'm just gonna recoup that. Mo- I'll give the money out to the retailers. We're sorry, but then I'll recoup it by suing the New York Times. Yeah. That's,
0: that's probably good. Well, I mean, there's... DC has to have final approval of that story.
1: I, w- I would think. I mean, who dropped the ball there? Like, is that Dan DiDio who who didn't see it coming? Like, what? Come on, man. Like, do better. I mean, th- th- then again, in fairness, Marvel... This has happened to Marvel a few times that I can remember. Yeah. So, I'm just throwing up my hands here. Whatever. Good on DC for, for making good, though.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Um... Drew, probably the most significant, let me check the list here, yes, uh, the most, Lucas, how? There's like <laughs> nothing in the room. How are you still messing up the mechanics of the show? Um, probably the biggest news of the week, at least the biggest show relevant news, It's. it was announced that a RoboCop remake is in the works, directed by- Another one. <laughs> Directed by Neil Blomkamp. Camp. Blomkamp.
1: Blomkamp. What? Blomkamp. Okay. I think. Neil? I'm pretty sure. That's how I've been saying it. I'm going to keep going. Okay. (laughs) Um, Of District 9 fame.
0: And uh, he's writing it too. And the original writers of the original
1: RoboCop are producing it. Let me uh, clarify a little bit. So he and another screenwriter who is doing a ton of sci-fi projects right now. I can't think of the gentleman's name, but he's punching up the script. It is based basically on the original script for RoboCop 2 that the original writers' uh, names, I want to get them right, Ed Newmyer and... Frank Miller? No, you two? and your Frank Miller. Well, I
0: thought RoboCop no, 2 was no, originally no. written
1: by Frank Miller. Originally? No. He was brought in after. Um, RoboCop was created originally by... Hang on, I'm pulling up the... Uh,
0: Chastise me for not knowing something. You got to look it up. On I didn't the think internet. we were going to lead off with this. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wasn't ready.
1: <laughs> um, here, let me just pull up the, the article real quick.
0: Go, go to your Googles. I know. I know. Find your information.
1: Okay, the- here we go. Let me pull this up. Sorry. Apologies, everybody. Neil Blomkamp to direct a new RoboCop for MGM. Uh, Justin Rhodes is the re- write, the guy writing the script. He's also doing the new Terminator movie. Um, I know it, we roll our eyes at that, but this is the one where James Cameron is actually back executive producing. So yeah. it might not be bad.
0: And Linda Hamilton is back. It, and looking, that too. Looking looks very, very cool. Sarah Connor.
1: Um, okay, so Ed Neumeyer and Michael Miner, I'm going to get their names right, they were the original scriptwriters of the original RoboCop. Okay. They were also the original scriptwriters of the sequel. Orion Pictures read their script and said, this is too high concept for us. We aren't doing it. Goodbye. And then they brought in Frank Miller, who was make he was a name in comics, and he was just starting to make his way into Hollywood. Yeah. And even his script was... Uh, oh.
0: His script was essentially the Wolfman versus Frankenstein.
1: I mean... With drugs. Here's the thing. What you saw on screen was not his original script. So... That soured him on Hollywood all the way up until he did Sin, Sin City. City. So yeah. just keep that in mind. In any case, the original writers are executive producing the new movie, Neil Blomkamp's directing, and uh you know, a little current uh guy uh punching up the script. So it's based on that original script. So the fact that they're ignoring entirely the movie from a few years ago Thank God. is smart. Um and we'll see what they come up with. I, the original script for two was very weird. It was like in the far future when they wake up RoboCop. He's been mothballed for a while and he wakes up in like this distant future and like there's an internet before there was an internet like we had one. Yeah. They wrote it into a script that there would be such something like the internet and RoboCop is connected to it and he's inside of it and he finds that there's like a soul in it. And it befriends him because he's, like, not really a man, but he's not really a machine. And she apparently, like, was once human, too, and she's trapped in this network. And it's a little... And it's corporate crime, and it's real weird, but it was a very uh, different movie than the first yeah. one. So in any case, I, I'm i very curious to see what they are going to do with it. Uh, the director, to me, makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, even mm-hmm. though uh, Elysium didn't quite do well and Chappie did not do well at all Uh, Neil Blomkamp still made District 9 which is still a great movie he's got a definite eye for sci-fi and a good eye for sci-fi projects District 9 also shows that he has a good eye for social issues and uh, I I trust Robocop definitely uh, the original especially social satire very pointed and uh, (laughs) prescient in a way we are living in its Reality right now in a lot of ways, which is kind of scary because we was kind of a, you know, ha 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 back then. And now yeah. it's like, oh, no, no, it's, that's happening <laughs> now. Um, anyway, I think it's, uh, I'm, exci- I'm cautiously excited by this. So let me ask you this. Do you get Peter Weller? In the suit? No. But he could voice it and we can either map his face onto look, have you seen what they're doing in these movies now? Yeah. Robert Downey doesn't have to show up and put on anything. He puts on the pajama suit and they just, they paint the Iron Man armor on him later in post and no one knows anything else. They de-age Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer to where they look like they walked out in 1986. Yeah. If they wanted to, they could probably make it work with Weller. I don't think he wants to do it because I think he, he's like, he knows that the original movie was lightning in a bottle. He knows the sequels didn't live up, including the one he was in. And he, in a lot, in every interview I've seen him give in years since, he basically says RoboCop happened because Paul Verhoeven was a genius and made it. He just was firing on all cylinders. And again, it was lightning in a bottle and it probably can't be recreated. So I don't anticipate him coming back. Then again, the proverbial dump truck. Is always a factor, but I think Dump they'll probably trucks just recast. full of
0: money with OCP on the side.
1: It's a concept that they could easily recast though. Like yeah. let's say they do the thing where Robocop's been shuttered for X years, right? It's been in in storage or something. So then they pull him out and they have to reskin his face because his living tissue died or something. Yeah. Right? And they reboot him and he has a new voice. Or they can I mean, you know, you can get a facsimile Robocop voice happening, you know, throw a vocal yeah. on it, and you're good to go. So we'll see. But I'm, given the, given the people behind it, I'm definitely way more into this than I was the last remake. Given the, the talent yeah. behind it. The original creators and Neil, Neil Baumclamp. I'm like, okay, cool. Cool. Show me, show me your Murphy. I hope it's you. <laughs> and, I look forward to it. I hope
0: it does not disappoint. Okay. Uh, Mark Millar.
1: Our, uh, our favorite uh, Scotsman. Well, no. Yeah, Your Gra- favorite Scotsman, Graham Mor- Morrison. favorite Scotsman.
0: I mean, if if I had to choose, don't get me wrong, I love Stardust. Um, I Starlight. love Starlight. Yes, uh, I love some of the Mark Millar works. But Ultimately, if you were forced me to choose between two, I would choose Graham Morrison just based on Arkham Asylum alone. Um, but Mark Millar has uh, is signed up with Netflix, and I guess they
1: announced a new series. They I know they're doing separate. like
0: comic book series
1: no they're doing shows the millar verse is now a thing on netflix yeah but they're also doing like printed comic books that's yes yes they are but this is not that um yeah the mark millard universe is about to be a thing um on netflix okay so you're getting um let me double check here jupiter's circle or jupiter's legacy whichever well their jupiter's legacy was the original with art with amazing art by the way by frank quietly and the follow-up Jupiter Circle, which was kind of an examination of the characters within, um, Huck, I think, which was actually one of the uh, better Mark Millar books to come out in recent years. I uh, see. Let's get these. All, let me let me get the announcement out of the way, and then I'll tell you my thoughts on Mark Millar um, as a whole. And I don't mean to be salty about it, but I do. But you are drew. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Uh, Okay, sorry. Empress, which is one of his new stories, which actually I have not read yet. Uh, Huck, which I have read, which is is good. Um, Jupiter's Legacy, like I mentioned. And something called Sharky. Uh, Apparently that one's an upcoming comic. It's about a Bonnie Hunter in space named Sharky. And American Jesus, which I've heard of, but I've never read. So that is the... uh, initial slate of Mark Millar shows on Netflix. So honestly that, um, covers a lot of ground. I feel like some of these are going to be different tones than others. I don't know if they're going to be a cohesive universe or if they're just, you know, these shows were all created by Mark Millar and that's about as far as it could go. I don't really know. Kind of surprised superior is not on here, but I think that might be optioned at another studio for a movie. Likewise, uh, um, Starlight, as we talked about. I think yep. that's with Fox. So I think they might be doing something with it, really which is why it's not would a show. like
0: see a movie of that.
1: So yeah, that's uh, exciting in a way, I guess. I don't know. I'd um, like to see Starlight starring Ed Harris. That works. Yeah. Or Sly. I could buy Sly.
0: Yeah. Especially after Guardians 2. Um, but here's the
1: thing. Mark Millar. Good. Hey, look. He's he's very successful, and I won't take that away from him, but I find all too often that his comics read like pitches for shows. Well, now he's got his wish. What I mean by that is I read comics because I want to read comics, and I like the comics I read to have a little meat on the bones, and to me, I am always cognizant of the fact that Mark Millar comics seem to just be, hey, Hollywood, make this into something. And there's not necessarily a lot of heart, soul, or depth to it. It's just like... He's, he's like the ultimate elevator pitch man, except his elevator pitches are usually four, six four to six issue miniseries. Yeah. I get that. And hey, dude. Doesn't mean they can't be enjoyed. Not at all. I'm not saying that, but I'm always like, it, it takes something away from me knowing that I know that his ultimate goal isn't to make these comics. It's to make them into something else. And I don't know. That just kind of seems wrong to me like I'd yeah. rather you just no no you made the comic because you wanted to make this comic not because you wanted to make a movie and you, yeah. this is your back door in whatever um good for him okay good good job mark miller see see what comes of it
0: um another thing we'll see what comes of is that we it was announced uh earlier last week that the Joker origin film <laughs> which is starring Joaquin Phoenix, officially signed, has been officially greenlit uh, by Warner Brothers.
1: And directed by uh, the guy who did uh, The Hangover, of all things.
0: Yes, Todd Phillips. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so, and we had a huge, huge discussion about this Friday night. Got into it a little bit, so I don't. Yeah, we got we got that all out of our systems. Ultimately what it boils down to is I, do, I ultimately don't think this film will
1: see the light of day, whereas you do. I think it's gone this far. I given the budget and the stakes, it's not a big tent pole where they're gonna be scared to lose money. It's they're doing it for like fifty five million. That's that's And that's no- the main thing I think gives
0: it a shot of actually happening is that it cost next to nothing. Which is fine. I wouldn't mind seeing something i wouldn't mind seeing that start a trend of you know low budget high quality comic adaptations you know look at throwback to a movie we equally love and the crow sure The no, crow I- extremely low budget which unfortunately you know led to the untimely death of brandon lee but um uh, They don't all need to be these multi-million dollar budget things to be
1: good. In spirit, I agree with it, but it's it's what they're doing that I disagree with. Yeah,
0: I'm not... I think
1: as a strategy for DC, honestly, at this point, let's be real frank here, this is probably a good way to go. Instead of trying to copy Marvel verbatim and make the universe without any... Look, sorry, you, you you did it wrong, and now you're off to a bad start, and you're playing from behind, and maybe it's just best to go like, you know what? Let's not play that game. Let's do this other thing. We have a lot of properties. We got a lot of heroes. We got a lot of characters. Yep. Let's pick. Let's pick some small budgets, good talent. Let's get good people behind. Yeah, them. they don't have to link together. We're not going to worry about that. Let's just tell some good stories with these characters and give people what they want to see. Good strategy. Why do we have to do the Joker? And why do yeah. we have to do the Joker? I'm air quoting origin story. It's I don't. That should not be a definitive thing that they should do.
0: Yeah. Period. No. Unless you do what I said, they did. Remember my pitch for the Joker movie? The whole thing is kind of like the Hannibal Lecter interview from Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. Joker tells a different story each time, and the story shown in a vignette with a different actor playing the Joker, and it's a different origin each time. See, that would work like as a web
1: series, but as a movie, I think Hollywood would be... Like, that's, you're, that's way too risky yeah, well, for yeah. Hollywood. Yeah, no,
0: it's it's too good for Hollywood.
1: <laughs> yes, probably. Um, <laughs> but, uh, the American yeah, audience it's, is not going to
0: buy that. There are very few ways I think you can do a Joker movie and make it work, because I think like listening to Fat Man on Batman, I think Mark Verdard really hit the the nail on the head, is that Joker is a force of nature. Joker is the storm that you throw your characters into. Sure. You make a movie about the characters. You don't make a movie about the storm. Because ultimately, the storm by itself is boring. So, uh, whereas there's a lot of talent behind this, and ultimately, I, I don't think it's going to see the light of day. Um, it's just, yeah, it's not something that is getting me really excited.
1: Oh, by no means am I excited. I'm just... Just warning you that when you get that first picture of Joaquin Phoenix in in white makeup, don't be don't be too alarmed. Hey, look at it this way: it can't pop. Knock on wood. What? He can't possibly look worse than Jared Leto.
0: Drew, if DC films toss anything, it's that it can always be worse. You're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> you are absolutely right. <laughs> Just when you think they've gotten bad, uh huh. But wait. I've seen
1: the worst. It can't possibly be worse. Oh, no. Oh, wait. Just wait. Gratuitous Wonder Woman butt shots. Thanks, Zack Snyder. Hey, Zack Snyder is going to be a Comic-Con. Hey, what do you I, make, I, what I are don't you, care. What are you I, making of that? You, you I, think there's something to that?
0: Uh, is he going to be standing outside of the convention center with, with the sign that the... the release the Snyder the Cut. Hom- no, no. <laughs> no. no the, uh, the sign that the homeless guy had at the beginning of Justice League. I tried my best. Maybe. If I was him, that's what I would do. I would just sit outside with that sign. Did he try his best? Well, yeah, he probably tried his best. Yeah. He just didn't get the tone right. That's No. No. You tried. You failed. It's okay. Move along. All right. So switching from something that DC does incredibly bad to something DC does incredibly good, Mm -hmm. which is television. Okay. Now, it was announced a month or two back that Batwoman was gonna premiere on the upcoming season of Arrow. Okay. Now I have said numerous times on the show, I love the air quotes, Arrowverse. The series of show DC shows that show up on CW because they do everything right that DC does wrong in their films. They're bright, they're hopeful, they use like they can't like clearly they can't use the big three. So they use all the other great tools in the box to make this universe work and hmm. tick. And it's just, it's been such a fantastic experience. Now, granted I'm a little behind on these past seasons, but from everything I've heard, they've still, they're still great. If you still love them, like you've got like, your kind of your dark brooding character and, you know, arrow, which is a change from Oliver queen in the comics, but they make a work on the show. You've got your fun, wacky sci-fi, Guardians-ish type show in Legends, which is a lot of fun to watch. And then you've got like your bright hopeful things that show you why you love comics and why you love stuff like this in Flash and Supergirl. But now, not only did they announce that Batgirl or Batgirl, Batwoman um, will be debuting on Arrow, but she is also apparently getting her own series. Okay. This is really interesting considering that traditionally for the most part, they did bring Superman and they did a decent job with Superman. Um, but traditionally the big three have been off limits. They've dropped hints of them here and there on the shows, especially with Batman. Um, but this is going to be the first time that a major bat family character is making an appearance. Not only that, Is this going to be, like, are they going to go full-born to the character? Is she going to be gay on the show as she is in the comics? My gut says no, but... But it's CW, It is CW. They they sell to a younger audience, and a younger audience is much more accepting of that. Sure, sure, sure.
1: I mean, they should, just... Yeah. But then again, just, you know, Hollywood and whatnot, who knows? Um... So, yeah, I I think it's a huge, um, I'm not super into the character or the, the, you know, I'm not super familiar. I know the visuals, the artwork is very striking and, you know, I've seen it a million times. But I'm impressed slash surprised only because, like you said, they don't let the TV shows do much of anything with the big, big, big toys. Yeah. Like, they don't let... Traditionally, Batman has been
0: 100% off limits. Yeah,
1: even on Gotham, which is a air quotes batman show they're not allowed to reference the joker like at all yeah they can't say the name they yeah, can't say, put
0: and, the character in the show but they can't say the name yeah like, the, that what, i don't watch
1: the show but like i know air. that i guess from what i hear like the jerome character yeah. i don't watch it i don't it's t- it's
0: i watched he's basically the joker horrible. but they can't
1: call him that and he can't have what he can't have the red lips and he can't yep. have green hair like they won't do it period Yep, and it's like
0: he's walking around in the purple trench coat and the the classic like purple uh, fedora.
1: Yeah, wow. Not 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 the Joker though. No, no, not the Joker. Not the Joker. So yeah, if she's gonna be operating in Gotham, like you know, the- or whatever, I don't know where she operates out of in the comic, but I mean, Batwoman. It's pretty. Look, doesn't take a doesn't take much to figure out. Like, I wonder who she's based on. Yeah, who inspired her to pick up pick up a costume? <laughs> I don't know. Yep. So okay, we'll see how that
0: goes. That's uh, that's pretty interesting. Which kind of leads us—you think we plan this stuff? Um, leads us to our next story, which this uh, the past couple weeks marks the ten-year anniversary of what we would consider to be the golden age of geek, because ten years ago this summer we saw the release of Iron Man and The Dark Knight which changed everything definitely
1: the 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 summer that changed things yeah i don't think we knew at the time as as the joker
0: said you've changed things
1: yeah i don't think we realized at that time how much it was gonna change yeah oh it changed oh it
0: it kicked off this just almost bizarre world. If you grew up reading comic books and and liking, you know, stuff that was original that was traditionally considered to be like geek or nerdy or things like that, you know, you you kept those things under wraps. You kept them hidden in the shadows. And you were lucky if you found others of your ilk to, you know, commiserate with and go <laughs> to these things with. But after that, it became acceptable. It became mainstream. It like it was you know, the geek inherited the earth.
1: Yes. And it's, it's, what's even weirder with hindsight is, uh, the two movies, like they're like diametrically opposed to each other in a way. Yeah. And what I mean by that is like one of them is one of them would go on to set the blueprint and lay the foundation for the gigantic cinematic universe trend. Big movies interconnected. That's the world we live in now, and everyone wants. Every, everyone wants it. Yeah, that was Iron Man. The opposite side is the more isolated, uh, single-serving, deep, serious movie that.
0: That pulled it off—the serious tone off and the dark tone off, right,
1: right, right. Like, and they both made a a, a boatload, and I think Dark Knight made a lot more than Iron Man did. But well, I think yeah, in the because, long run, uh, I think Disney still uh, got yeah. their, got their feet up on the desk with a cigar over that. How yeah. that all worked out. So it's it is interesting that those those two movies came out at this in the same summer, and like you know, because Dark Knight obviously is still revered.
0: Yeah, but it's like still the, like but a the, fantastic yeah. film.
1: I mean it's the a whole, it's a watershed whole movie Nolan
0: a I mean the Nolan trilogy Batman begins Dark Knight,
1: both incredible, Dark Knight rises, has its flaws. Oh, um, that's understating it. <laughs> um To me it's memorable for all the wrong reasons, but that that's either here nor there. Dark Knight itself, though, is a great movie. Um although I think I think I think I've said on this show I've watched it recently and it doesn't quite hold up as well as you think it does. The Joker's fantastic though, obviously. But it made a lot of money and it's still held up as like this great, great thing. Yeah. And it you know, it is, in fairness. But um it's it's the opposite of a Marvel movie. Especially yeah. especially yeah. the Marvel movies that we would see that, that it's it's so much different than the Marvel movies that that Iron Man laid the groundwork for and now everything yeah. is kind of and that. not in a bad way either. No 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 It's like
0: the, it's like Iron Man and Dark Knight are two sides of the same coin. More or less. They're just, they're so diametrically opposed, but they both work in what they're doing. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, it's funny. We were joking about it before the show started how it's been 10 years and we've kind of come around to this point uh, once again. You know, to quote the Joker from Dark Knight, these people, they'll eat themselves. <laughs> and, you know, we've gone from this fantastic time of geek golden age where we we're seeing things we never thought we'd see and, you know, getting excited over these things to now, it's like we've got directors and and talent refusing to be involved in these projects because they don't want to deal with the fan backlash.
1: Yeah, who was that that said that? Uh, The director of... uh, Oh, what was it? I forgot. Yeah, he came out and said he doesn't want to get involved in any of this stuff anymore. Yeah, he said... Who uh, was it?
0: uh, He said Last Jedi... Cured him of wanting to do a Star Wars film. Is it James Mangold? I th- no. James Mangold came out and said that the uh, Boba Fett he wasn't attached to Boba Fett. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Then the I know, article. I saw, was, I saw that story. though. The article was like so it was like early last week. So I'm not gonna go try and find it. But yeah, like you know, well, fans, you want, you want, you want, and for a long time we've been given, and now you're you're kind of getting a little too comfortable with
1: It's, it's almost like it's, it's the bad side effect of success in a way. Yeah. Like, you know, especially in the age we live in now with everyone's interconnected and this is a much bigger issue than just movies. Believe me, this is like society and life and real life things happening right now. Uh, all this media and instant access to it and ability, your ability to dissect and uh, sound off on it into the echo chambers of the internet have given everyone this kind of false sense of ownership of the thing. Yeah. And when they don't get the exact thing they want from the thing they love, they lash out at the thing and it becomes this big mess. Yeah. So we didn't get the star Wars movie that we all thought we would get or whatever. We didn't get the idealized Luke Skywalker shooting lightning out of his hands, descending from the heavens and striking down the entire First Order with his laser sword in one foul swoop because he's just that much of a sweet ass Jedi. He's so badass. What what's language, nerdy voice? Just saying, like, you know, because we, because we didn't get that, it's terrible. And yeah. Everything's bad. We got to salt the earth now. Like that's that's where we are right now. And we actually got something much better than that. I totally agree. Oh my god. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, it's bad. It's sad. And then you get DC versus Marvel, and you know that. You know, look, we all poke fun and whatnot, but we still want these things to be good. Yeah, but we've all well, from, me,
0: from day one of the show we've said we want the DC. I want everything to be, to be awesome.
1: I'm sad that it's not. I'll poke fun that it's not. But yeah, I still want it to be good. But like you know, those camps exist though, where. You know, dude, it's the natural extension. You'll appreciate this. This is the natural extension of the console wars from the early 90s. (laughs) This is Sega versus Nintendo amplified by like a bajillion dollars and a lot more reach and a lot more people. Yeah. That's what this is. And it's kind of ugly. It was ugly the first time. I remember. Yeah. So
0: it's, it's ugly now,
1: so. Oh, we, the we, we we like to preach to be better on this show.
0: Oh, the days in which we live. Yeah. Speaking of Nintendo. Yeah. As was previously previously mentioned in Alan's question, um, Octopath Traveler hit last Friday. I like the games are coming out on Fridays now. Yeah. Instead of Tuesdays. That yeah. That you get the whole weekend with it. Why not? <laughs> At least you hope to, and then they realize real life
1: gets in the way. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. So, Octopath Traveler came out, uh, the Square traditional Japanese RPG game, which- More or less. First convinced me to buy Switch when I saw it. Ah. Yeah, this was the game that got me to go all in
1: on Switch. It was an unexpected surprise when they announced
0: it. Yeah. Um, So, not so much a full-blown review, because we- both have jobs and lives and have to do things other than play video games all day long, yeah, not knocking you if that's your job if you you know manage to achieve that level in life good on you, yeah, um, but like we don't from this past Friday to now, we don't have time to dump forty hours into a video game, if
1: only if only. <laughs> Uh, I've only got like an hour and a half with it so far.
0: I'm about eight hours in. Okay. And so I'm kind of at the point in the game now where if I had the chance to dump 40 hours of my life in the game, I might just do that because mm. it's really starting to hum. Okay. Um, I'm confused by a lot of the complaints that I saw about this game. Okay. Of like the characters not interacting because your party is entirely made up of the characters. Right. Like you kind of you kind of start all their stories, and then as you progress throughout the game, you address different aspects of different characters' stories. Okay. Uh, The gameplay is fantastic. Yep. It's traditional. Turn-based. Turn-based, Japanese RPG, dungeon exploring, um, uh, exploring the world, not having a definitive arrow pointing you where to go. Mm -hmm. Um, Visually, the game is Oh, I love it! It Looks it is looks absolutely awesome. stunning. It's sixteen bit plus graphics rendered in three D. Yeah,
1: like the it's char- like you know what
0: it looks like. It looks like a sixteen bit pop up book.
1: Yeah, kind of like that. Like the the characters are flat sprites, but the but the world is like a three D pop up. Yeah, it's got a pop up book aesthetic, yeah. kind of like a diorama aesthetic. And it's brilliant. it, and it is, looks awesome.
0: It works so beautifully. The music is fantastic. The music is it's, great it's so square. far. It's square. Like, that's probably the one thing they still do good from their heyday is, <laughs> is music. That's all. No, the, the only thing so far that, that I bump up against in the game is the voice acting. Okay. Not because it's bad. The voice acting is good. It's just in the presentation, it feels very out of place.
1: Mm. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're going for a 16-bit look that voice acting might be a little jarring. I don't mind it so much because I can just hit the A button and they'll stop speaking and I can just read. Yeah. So some games don't give you that option. Sometimes you have to sit through all the dialogue and yep. that, I don't like that. Um, so based on Alan's question, I think that's where the complaints are coming in. So it's eight separate characters, eight separate stories essentially. Yeah. And there's nothing to really unify them? Is that?
0: They just all happen to band together for the purpose of helping each
1: other out. And there's no overarching Kefka-esque Sephiroth villain, huh? Not that I've encountered so far. See, I think that's why there's a little disappointment. Because I think the game kind of marketed itself... Well, I shouldn't say that. It, we People were led to believe that there was an overarching story and that depending on which characters you chose to use and when, they would have different paths and different interactions that would influence the overall bigger story and it sounds like that's not the case it's just kind of eight eight stories and you just play through the eight stories yeah fine sure i'm enjoying the game a lot right now so i'm you know i'm not i i can't speak to being one way or the other but i will say that if, the, if it is just kind of like an eight chapter thing and there's no bigger purpose that is a little underwhelming because i think people thought it would be like that
0: well i mean it's It's probably, I'm trying to think, it's the first traditional Japanese RPG, it's retro graphics, to be released on a console Mm. in a very long time. Mm -hmm. Like, previously, if you wanted a game like this, you had two places to go. You had um, the 2DS, 3DS Game Boy family, or Mobile on your mobile phone. That's where these games were. Hmm. Um, And they were just all like remakes of old games. Yeah. Um, Well, so maybe there's an, a thought of don't overextend. Don't reach too much on this first try. Just get the basics down. Yeah. And then if there's a sequel, I'm willing to say at this point, God willing, if there's a sequel, um, then you kind of build on the world from there. But I think, so far eight hours in it's it's a i had to wander around the desert and buff my characters a little bit and oh the feeling i got to i I went into a section where i clearly was not strong enough to go yet because i was killed in like three attacks yeah and i was like oh i miss that
1: i do I, I don't miss that if if the grinding gets to be a little much i'm gonna be I upset.
0: miss the oh, i miss grinding I miss (laughs) grinding what I will say about, uh, and it's nice. Like that's the one thing that a lot of the final fantasy role playing games have always had a problem with is you get too strong, too quick. And then there's mm. no challenge in
1: the game. Oh, I find I'm I'm
0: hoping this one doesn't have that.
1: Hmm. I didn't, I definitely didn't feel that way in, in final fantasy two or four, whichever you want to call it. Um, maybe a bit in three or six, uh, but I only say that because I spent a good couple hours, more than a couple hours, just grinding in a certain forest so I could build up all my magic on uh, all my characters, and now I'm like super powerful and I'm kind of breezing through the back half of the game. But it's fine. I chose to do <laughs> you, that early. What are you
0: throwing down the quad nines without
1: you know any type of? It was totally my choice. I don't know why I did it. I just felt like you know what, I, I, this is. I'm I'm making a good good clip here with experience. I'm just going to keep doing it. Anyway. Um, was my decision if I if the game mandates that I grind that's when I get a little like okay I guess I gotta grind what I do like well, about Octopath so far though is that at least the combat is very quick yes um and there's not a, there's obviously like no loading time or anything so you yeah. know you can you can you can grind at a fair pace to be honest like it's it's not like uh the old days where things might have been a little slower and um yeah it, it's it, it moves fast turns go quick they're basically as fast as you can pull off attacks the things just keep going yeah so the yeah. nice thing
0: about new areas, is, like when you're going into it, it gives it like a danger level.
1: I saw that. Yeah. So like, you, you know, kind of figure or not you should, go should you there. go in or not? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I ch- the area that killed me in three hits was like a danger level twenty four. Saw that. And most of my areas are on like a danger level seven.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I saw that uh, a couple branching paths on my, on my my quest, and I was like, you know what? I'm not even going go to. We're gonna gonna revisit We're yeah gonna just throw down well, a marker there and like can you do that by the way can you put markers on the map not that I know oh, yeah. every RPG should have that in my opinion they should have like a notes section in the <laughs> game in the game but I digress yeah no it's a cool game I'm liking it so far I hope it lives up to all the hype and all the hope that we put into it because it was definitely one that I've been looking forward to for a while Um, it's scratching that itch in the best way and I know because I'm playing Final Fantasy 3 or 6 right now as well so yeah. it's like oh yeah this is this is all this is just all Bring it at home here. for yeah. me.
0: and the game has apparently sold very well.
1: That's the word. I guess it's like out. There it's are sold shortages. Out. shortages. Yeah. Never would have, I never would have thought that was possible. That's kind of cool. It's, it's pretty cool. Lie. Should right. I scalp mine? No. Oh, no, you should. Okay. All
0: right. So that brings the case files to a close. Uh, We will be going back to Miss Jessica Jones next week. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Uh, Probably. Um, But for right now, um, as we said last week, we do. Well, it's summertime. A lot of stuff comes up in the summer. I'll say. Um, As we mentioned last week on the show, because it was a live audience, we didn't do our full spoiler review of Ant-Man and Wasp, which we are actually going to do now. So if you have not seen Ant-Man and the Wasp yet, Warning, this review will contain spoilers. Yeah. You've been also, warned. Spoilers starting now. Spoilers. Go see it. It's not <laughs> Yeah. Go. go see it. It's great. So we went uh opening weekend Friday night
1: and were very very pleasantly entertained. Dude, I, I you know, like the first one we were all kind of like, I wonder if it's going to be any good. Like you know what I mean? Ant-Man, right? Yeah. Like everyone shrugs. Turns out, yeah, it was, it was good. Great. It was great. So I'm not that surprised that the sequel is also great. But it still feels like, even though we know that the first one was great, it still feels like the little sleeper, the little sleeper movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, doesn't yeah. it, Like it, it you know, yeah, really like think of, that it's gonna
0: be. of the two, you would think that Guardians would be that, and Guardians now just kind of has that, you know, okay, whatever, yeah, <laughs> you, whatever you give us, we're gonna, we're gonna. We're going to be all in four. Sure. Whereas Ant-Man still kind of has a little bit of trepidation to go into. It's like, is this the one where they dropped the ball on? No. No, it's no, not. No, not at all. Not even close. So, where to start? It takes place before Infinity War. That was the big question Roughly going before. into the
1: film. Spoilers.
0: Yeah. Roughly before. <laughs> Roughly. Um, yeah. So it's it's more or less it feels more like an epilogue to captain america civil war
1: kind of i think it feels like a natural extension of the first movie to be honest with you uh i like that it is completely let me check that yeah okay completely centered not on anything big or grand no pun intended yeah. uh big grand um world a uh, devouring thing. This is all centered on. There's no ring of energy in the sky. No, no. It's all centered on on our core characters and like their immediate families. It's it yeah. Not to pull a, a, a cliche line, it's about family.
0: <laughs> but it is, yeah. It, it really is. the The first one is a story about fathers and daughters, and this one is very much an extension of that, while adding. Um, you know, more family dynamics to it. That predominantly being with, we have the Marvel Cinematic Universe debut of Janet Van Dyne and Michelle Pfeiffer. Yep. Uh, the original Wasp and we get to see her again now. And she was fantastic having her and, and Michael Douglas as those two characters
1: was just incredible. I like that. They like Ant-Man gives the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like this rich sense of history, which you never would have thought about yeah around when Iron Man was released. We had, you know, none of this was existed and you think like, Oh, well, Iron Man comes out and that's when the superheroics kind of start. Yeah. Not so, uh, we had Ant-Man and the Wasp in the cold war era running around doing stuff like, okay, cool. Yeah. So like- there's this, there is a sense of time and history and richness behind the whole MCU that mm-hmm. we, you know, we're just now seeing.
0: And we're going to see more of in Captain Marvel because that takes place in the 90s. The 90s. I'm okay with that. Man. I'm fine with it. Very fond memories in the 90s. Me too. Um, Bill Foster is introduced in this film. Lawrence Fishburne. And Bill he looks Foster, like he's having AKA fun too. Yeah. He's smiling. <laughs> he doesn't have to be so dour. He, he doesn't... He doesn't... It's it's fun here, Lawrence. We have, we have fun here. We got a lot of fun here, Lawrence. And uh, not only
1: that, but uh, heel turn, sort of a yeah. heel turn. We a, a a teased heel turn. Yeah. So it turns out that he has been helping Ghost, the villain of the movie, kind of uh, all along, and that she is like this girl who got caught in a experiment gone wrong because her father worked for Hank but was fired or something like, right? They yeah. were for S.H.I.E.L.D. and he got let go because he was not good or something. Yeah. Um, And he, he conducts some kind of whack experiment trying to access the quantum realm and it ends up going wrong, kills him, warps her physical self like in and out of reality. Yeah. And Bill Foster, also of S.H.I.E.L.D. at the time, also worked with Hank Pym back in the day and he is trying to help her all this time. Okay, cool. Her backstory, by the way, is like, whoa, that's dark. Like,
0: yeah, cause she like this dark. happens to her as a child.
1: Yeah, and, and then
0: Shield essentially adopts her. Yeah, and turns her into an assassin. Yeah,
1: it's a little heavy, man. It's kind of crazy for, dang Shield. It's a it's a kid, right? Not, not a weapon. I mean, you know, you you always get the impression that Nick Fury had some shady things going on, but yeah. like, whoa, okay, we have child soldiers going, superpower ones at that. Right. Yeah, it's not weird. So yeah, she has a great tragic backstory, and um, you know, yes, she's the villain, but you know, um, she's not really the driving force of the conflict of the movie, really, though. Even yeah, though she it's, is the it's, antagonist,
0: it's essentially a a rescue mission,
1: yeah, film.
0: And that's to rescue Janet from the microverse and kind of like I don't want quantum realm. The quantum we can't call it the microverse.
1: Micronauts are not
0: in this movie. Yeah, Um, it's kind of there's kind of almost like a heist as heist aspect to the film.
1: It gets heisty.
0: Yeah, and uh, Walter Walton Goggins. Walter
1: Walter Goggins. Walton Goggins.
0: I will never never shy away from a film because of that man. He's
1: He's, uh, I. You know, it's weird because I kept waiting for, uh, for Danny McBride to show up to. <laughs> oh, make that. To be honest, how hasn't that happened yet? How yeah. can we get Danny McBride in one of these
0: movies? Oh. Danny McBride is Jameson?
1: You just blew my mind. Yes. I think I'm have. Yes. I knew I definitely just blew Lucas's mind. Kevin Feige, we know you listen to this show. We know you do, yeah. Make that happen. <laughs> Please make that happen. It, it, that works way better than I ever would have imagined. And I didn't think about it until you just said it. <laughs> and now I want it. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> wow. Sorry, JK. <laughs> You've been replaced <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. um, Yeah, Walton Goggins is great. He plays like this kind of, he So he... He wants to steal the, the 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 Pym sizing tech as well for his yeah. own purposes. Mm-hmm. He's working for someone else, and we don't we never find out who it is. No, so I wonder if they're going to pay that off later.
0: Who knows? I think it's a little small to be paid off in Avengers Four.
1: Small,
0: see, yeah, okay, <laughs> there. Um, but yeah, possibly, hopefully, there's an Ant Man three. But let's be honest, this movie is called The Ant Man and the Wasp. This is the Wasp movie. It's
1: more or less the Wasp. It's movie.
0: it's. Oh man, Evangeline Lilly! This is her coming out party. Film she, wise, she's
1: a, she is she's in. She's a star now.
0: She is freaking amazing in this. They do the character so much justice. She's totally. the most fun character to watch. Uh,
1: she gets some great fight scenes. Um, man, I'll tell you one thing: this movie that these Ant Man movies do, like all the Marvel, all the Marvel movies, do a great job of like showcasing their characters uh abilities in cool ways and in fights and stuff but i think ant-man might do it better than all of them yeah the size changing and the way they they interact with objects and, and villains and they shrink and they grow and it all happens so fast yep. and so intuitively it's it's awesome it's like brilliantly awesome and you don't even like stop and appreciate it until you just think about like wait a minute someone had to sit down with pen to paper and plot out that yeah. scene of them growing and shrinking. And like now they, now they can make objects grow and shrink as well. So we get some awesome chase scenes with toy cars that turn into big cars. It like, yeah. what, what, what this is. This, oh man,
0: the, um, what was I was going to say that, yeah, the matchbox case with the different vehicles yes. is, is really awesome.
1: The um, lab,
0: the, la- yeah, you can the just whole pick up like a lunchbox. Like when when you think about it, oh, it, you makes like, no sense. it, it falls apart
1: when you think about it. But you know, don't don't think a, about it. This isn't
0: that movie. This no. is the movie that's going to make you
1: think about stuff. Just enjoy it because it's uh, look, I, I know it's simple. It's a sight gag, but yeah. it works. <laughs> yeah. And it's entertaining. Yeah, just um
0: ah, there's something I was going to say. I can can't remember. But um yeah, the 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 incorporation of the abilities the shrinking and the growing into like their fighting styles into the
1: action scenes just flawless totally and you know how we criticize thor ragnarok for not having a lot of heart this this film, has heart this has all the heart like every scene with cassie and scott oh. is like heart yeah it's it's great
0: cassie and scott um hope and hank Tension there,
1: but uh, yeah, there's right, tension, rightfully, but, rightfully but, so.
0: But there's still heart.
1: Yeah, and then um, you know when Michelle Pfeiffer does show up, we get the reunion of mom and daughter. And it's you know, yeah, it's, 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 it's movies. This movie is lives and dies by its relationships. Yeah, and even in that extends to the extended family in the movie. That being, can we talk about Lewis now? We can absolutely, talk. About <laughs> oh Lewis now. man, does
0: I, I want to ask you something? Does Lewis win this movie? Um yeah kind of does lewis win the movie does michael pena win this movie as good as evangeline Lilly is in this
1: yeah lewis is pretty awesome <laughs> he gets all the great dude he i don't know if it's written that way or if his performance just works that well but like all the praise unto michael pena for making it awesome
0: just thing. fantastic because everybody wants the same thing beginning of avengers 4 Complete recap by by Michael Pena of yes, starting from Iron Man, going all the way through. Kevin, no, you are still listening?
1: I I would not complain at all. Make it happen, please. The truth serum gag and like and they pay it all off too. Like it, yes. it comes up later it, at the end of the really movie. It really is truth serum. Oh my god, he's so great and like and you know and he's got his little crew and they're yep they're hapless goofs too but it's it's great it's great it's just fun it's a super fun movie
0: yeah so that mid credit scene
1: yeah well hang on before we even get to the mid credit scene i'm gonna skip all the way to the end of the post credit scene Spoilers, you saw it in the trailer, so yeah. don't be disappointed. Cap warned you about that and you know expectations. See, not only and, you saw it
0: in the trailer, you also saw it in the movie, too, a couple yeah. times.
1: Cap warned us about uh, uh, expectations and and Although
0: the um, patience. the color bars with the emergency warning system on television was kind yeah. of a nice touch. Clearly, kind of like clearly
1: touch. So, so yeah, post-snap. It's all post-snap. Yeah. And the world is... In a bad way. Yes. As we can as as it is implied by the, the color bars and the TVs and things yep. are going wrong.
0: Yeah, and which brings us to the mid back to the mid credit scene. So they are going into the quantum realm.
1: Right. To harness energy. quantum
0: particles Hang energy.
1: On. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pause for one second on the on the mid credit scene. Okay. In the quantum realm, they have that energy. Jan's been there for like thirty years, she's been exposed to it for all that time. She comes out changed, right? Yes. She has like some kind of healing power now. Okay, fair enough. Knowing what we know. I've seen some articles on this. About the acquisition of Fox and whatnot. Yeah. I personally thought it was very suspect of her to say, it's she basically says the word. It's more than it's It's evolution. The word evolution was used in the movie. Now, yeah. look, we've had 10 years of the MCU, and I feel that they have gone out of their way in a lot of cases to not use that word in any capacity at all in 10 years of movie making for good reason, because they didn't want to hint, tinker, tease or make reference to the x-men at all yeah here we're dropping that word in and i couldn't be the only one it was just like that's weird no i don't they, kn-
0: i've seen i've seen a couple of articles about this since the film came out and everyone's essentially saying what happens in the mid credit scene is the beginning of bringing the x-men into the mcu because okay. he's got scott's got this huge canister. Of okay, these
1: so now we're in the mid credit scene.
0: Quantum particles. Right. He goes into the quantum realm. He's got this caniter, the canister that collects these quantum particles. Right. So right. now when you think like it's kind of weird to think that way because you're seeing him on screen and it's, you know, it's regular size, but at the time he's in the quantum realm, so he he's beyond small. Yes. So when he comes out of it, that canister will also be very big as well. Right. So if that canister is split open and the contents let out, kind of like it's Ninja Turtles on a global scale.
1: Oh, is that what you're hearing?
0: That's not what I'm hearing. It's just kind of the... See, I didn't put that together. Connect Um, dot .A to dot .B and whatnot.
1: See, I didn't make that connection. I wouldn't have thought that. But but before we get to... I guess before we get to that, I'm not saying that that's what they're going to do. I'm just saying I thought it was very uh, interesting to hear that word dropped in a Marvel Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. And I don't know if it was unintentional or not, but it felt intentional. And it's weird because I don't know how you... If the mutants, as we know them, are born with their powers, right? Like, why does the quantum realm, how does that fit in? And I don't know. See, here's... I'm speculating.
0: Here's what's got me a little worried about Avengers 4. Two simple words mm-hmm. that never end well. Time travel. Oh, that's happening. Yeah, I know it's happening. Nothing ever good happens from
1: time travel. Nothing well, ever good happens from time travel. Marty McFly kind of turned his family's luck around.
0: Oh. Oh, so Marty McFly turned his family's luck around. Yeah. yeah. So okay, let's look at that. Yeah. Marty McFly goes and time messes with the time continuum and whatnot. So when he comes back to what he knows is the is what he perceives yes. as the present. Yes. George and um, Lorraine Lorraine are completely different. Yes. They're different people. But they're better people. They are not the parents he's grown up with. They are, but they're not. He essentially murdered his parents. (laughs) Not really. And in turn, he murdered the child that George and Lorraine grew up knowing. Because he has no prior memories of that George and Lorraine. So, they are completely alien to each other. Martin McFly is guilty of triple homicide. Okay. Nothing ever good comes from time travel.
1: I disagree, but okay.
0: But, since it's obviously going to be introduced to Avengers 4, there's any number of ways you can bring the mutants into it. Okay, fair enough. If they so choose. But, getting back... Yet again to the <laughs> mid credit scene. scene. Um, so he radios out to them that A. he's in here and ready well, to come yeah. out
1: before we get <laughs> before he goes in. Still in the mid credit scene here. We are talking about yes. it. yes. He is warned by Jan when you go in there. you'll Be very very small when you go through the, 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 the quantum plane yeah. or whatever. Watch out for time paradoxes or time vortexes. Watch out for those. He's worn by it. And it's not... It's like... It's casually mentioned, but it stuck out to me. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Really? Really. The thing is... Here's the thing. I didn't know what was going to happen in this... Like, I had no idea. The movie was so entertaining that I literally forgot that they had to somehow dovetail Tied it into, into Infinity War. Yeah. So, when he is in the quantum realm, and he is ready to come out, and no one's answering the radio... And they cut back out to the to them floating away in ash. I was I, I, the theater was like, oh, yep. well done. Yeah,
0: I was surprised that it was all three of them.
1: Yeah, right, right.
0: Um, I would have would have liked to have seen either Hope or Janet survive it. Both. So,
1: yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. Don't forget, folks half the universe is gone
1: it was it was jarring it was jar- yeah like I, again I, I, I was enjoying the movie so much i completely forgot that they were going to bring it together somehow and oh did they
0: cuz they're keeping it very lighthearted up until that point totally right up until and then until, you just get that
1: boom right so scott is now trapped in the quantum realm He's so small so tiny so tiny and uh Meanwhile, the Avengers are gutted and they're Wakanda licking their wounds. Gonna happen, Carl. I, I don't know. Okay. And that's kind of what I love about it. All right.
0: You know, because, you know, us growing up having read the Infinity Gauntlet comic, we know how that ends and all predicates on the existence of Adam Warlock.
1: Not you so know? much this time, I don't think. In- Infinity
0: Gauntlet was essentially Adam Warlock's object lesson to Thanos as to why he shouldn't have that power. Um but we don't have Adam Warlock now, so we
1: got a cocoon. That's about it. Yep. Um is it possible that Ant-Man saves the universe?
0: It's not not possible.
1: <laughs> I mean, at this point,
0: if Avengers I if, I, if I'm in and- if I'm in Vegas and I'm ranking the heroes that are ultimately gonna save the universe, I mean I don't wanna say I mean, there's like Hawkeye is probably at the bottom of the list
1: at this point. Yeah. Although he is a suspect by his absence, but Scott is like just kind of right above him. But knowing what we know now, Scott may be in a position where he can influence things to save the day. So Scott might save the universe.
0: You never know. Stranger things have happened. Yeah. Yeah. So that uh that does it for our review of Ant-Man and the
1: Wasp. It's great. You should go see it. It's a lot of fun. It's a good palate cleanser if you're still a little bummed out after Infinity War. Um, and it's just a really solid, entertaining movie. Indeed. It's, it's got something for everybody to love. It's got a lot of heart. It's got a lot of cool action. And uh, it's, it's, it's fun. Ant-Man, two for two in movies. I never Scott, ever would have thought that possible.
0: And Scott Lewis.
1: It does. He's great.
0: So dear listeners if you would like to send us any questions or comments for, for the show to be read on the show if you'd like to contact us any way you can do so with the following you can find us on twitter at devil's do pod you can go to facebook.com slash the devil's do pod you can email us at the devil's at Gmail at gmail.com or you can find all these resources available to you on our website the devil's drew that being said do you have any last thoughts
1: Ah. Uh. No, I'm, I'm preoccupied with, uh, how I'm going to reassemble my life. Cause as you can see right now, it is quite disassembled. It's not your
0: life. It's just your kitchen. It, it's, you it's, disassemble Johnny five.
1: It's the heart of the house, man. It's, uh, <laughs> it takes a toll. And even when they're done putting the cabinets in and stuff, I have a lot of work to do. I got to get paint going. I've got to make decisions on lots of things. And also, uh, you know, there's the issue of paying for a lot of this stuff. So, yes. you, you know, you know, you know, and yeah, there's the.
0: Baby, baby, that's coming. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean,
0: hey, fortunately, most first pregnancies go past the due date. So,
1: oh, so you're saying I could go to Chicago on September 1st? Is what you're saying?
0: No, no. <laughs> that's I what am I hear. I
1: heard you just say that.
0: No, you heard me say nothing of the sort. Okay,
1: fair enough. <laughs> Rest of his life, I'll be telling him about this. All right, both. All in for you.
0: Thank you very much for joining us again. We'll see you next week.
1: Court is a